coming up. Check it out. A podcast from the Moraine Valley Library. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library. This is Check It Out, a podcast about services and resources in the library. Uh, we're recording at Moraine Valley Community College in Palos Hills, Illinois. Today is February 16, 2010. My name is Troy Swanson. I'm a teaching and learning librarian here at Moraine. Uh, normally on this podcast, uh, I have my partner, Joe Malarkey, uh, uh, here with me, but today we've had some scheduling conflicts, so um, I'm going solo. Well, not totally solo. I'm joined by uh, Pete, uh, Pete Porter, who teaches in our anatomy and physiology department, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the new mammogram guidelines that came out that you may have heard about in the, uh, in the press um, just a little background about Pete. Hi, Pete. How are you? How are you doing, Troy? <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Um, Pete uh, has a degree in biology and psychology. He also uh, holds an RN and is a, 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 has a degree in chiropractic medicine. So comes at uh, the, this uh, health topic from a lot of different angles. So, so thanks for coming in, Pete. And uh, for our listeners, we, we had scheduled a, um, a number of people to be here today, not just two guys sitting around talking about uh, mammogram screenings. <laughs> but we've had some real issues, and we decided, you know what, we're going to try to just do this podcast um, because we're not sure if we're going to get it rescheduled again um, before summertime hits. So we're um, onward and upward, but I think we can still have a, a good discussion. So so thanks, Pete, for coming. So could you tell us a little bit um, about uh, the guidelines and some of the controversy that they've uh, brought up? Sure, Troy. The um, U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, uh, the USPSTF, came, recently came out. It was last November, December. They came out with a new set of guidelines regarding screening for mammograms, and this has caused a, a whole bunch of controversy. Um, they are now recommending that women begin being screened for breast cancer at the age of 50. Now, this is a change from previous guidelines where they were originally being screened at the age of 40. So the new guidelines, what they are, are recommending, is that women begin being screened for breast cancer, having screening mammograms at the age of 50, and then every two years afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, again, that's different. That used to be f- begin those screening mammograms at the age of 40, and then every year after that. They also are recommending that we do not teach, that physicians do not teach self-breast exams to women. They say that that has not shown to be uh, an effective tool in detecting breast cancer. And to not do any screening for any women over the ages of 75 years old. Um, just a, a, a quick point, these guidelines do not include women with a high risk of cancer. So any women that have high risks of, of uh, family history of breast cancer, for okay. example, or have uh, determined to have the, the breast cancer gene, those people are not uh, included in this. So those, per- those, those people would not be included in this new recommendation. Okay, right. So this is, because I, I mean, I've heard a lot of the people that were on this panel talk about this. Um, and you know, and I can even put up some links on our podcast page uh, for more information. Um, but they've really emphasized that their, their findings do not say no one should ever get a screening under... Uh, 50. But they say if you're healthy and there's no signs that you're at risk for breast cancer, then there's there's actually more harm that may come from getting screened. Therefore, 
let's not do the screening if you're healthy. Is that a, an accurate uh, that's, summary? That's what the panel is saying, that the, the risks, the harms... Uh, outweigh the the benefits of, of screening before the age of fifty. Okay, fascinating. So, so how did they come to these conclusions? Can you tell us a little bit about where where they, why they made this decision? Sure. And um, you know, just for full disclosure, I'm not a statistician, statistician, and I'm I'm not uh, an expert with research methodology. But basically, what happened was there are, there are several studies, three big studies, that had data regarding mammograms and breast cancer. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force took that data and used a computer model, developed a computer model, if I understand this correctly, and came out with, were able to kind of sort of crunch the numbers and determine that women that had, were being screened for breast cancer at the age of 50 had a higher risk of of false positives. They they weren't finding um, that it benefited people at at the below the age of 50 they found that there were more false positives in, right. in women in their 40s um, and that it did not significantly increase the or I should say did not significantly decrease the mortality rate okay. in women um, basically they said that with this new study with the study of the, with the computer model that yearly mammogram screening cuts the risk of breast cancer by 15% in women the ages of 40 to 49. And when they used the model, it came out to about one fewer death for every 1,900 women. That's, that's for women the ages of 40 to 49. One fewer. One fewer. Now, if you go to screening at 50, mm-hmm. it saves one fewer, it, there was one fewer death for every 1,300. So let's, you know, you had brought in um, another study that I think is really useful in kind of breaking down these numbers. And I know this, this isn't the same study that uh, the task force used, but you were talking about out of a thousand uh, people that were screened, mm-hmm. right? How many positives would mammograms find out of a thousand? Right. Yeah, I pulled up a study on the sensitivity of mammograms. And so basically it breaks down that for if you did a certain number of mammograms, 7% of those mammograms w- would show suspicious findings. In other words, would, would require further workup. Okay. So 7% of that, of the mammograms so would require... So if you had 1,000 people, that'd be 70, 70 people. would be something would come up that we need to take action on. Correct, okay, that so we need to look at. Okay. Out of the, that 7%, or out of that, those 70 people... Okay. Ten people would need would would get biopsy. Okay, so ten would get biopsy. So this right. is one of the things that the task force really emphasized. So this is invasive mm-hmm. um, needle would, biopsy. I mean, there's different types of biopsies, right? Right. But it, but essentially, they're taking tissue that they're going to test. Correct. So this is a a, a fairly serious, stressful procedure um, that really disrupts your life in a major way. Okay. Sure. So it's out of those seven, you're getting down to ten mm-hmm. that'll have the biopsy. Okay. Then out of those ten people, 3.5 people would have cancer. Okay. So in real people, not half people, right? So three Correct. to four people Correct. are going to actually have cancer. Out of those three to four people, there's different kinds of cancer, right? Correct. So just because you have cancer doesn't necessarily mean you're you're going to die for sure. Correct. Right? Not, and I'm trying to be I want to be sensitive about this, right? This is a very serious topic, right? But they're they're learning, if I understand correctly, right, that 
that there's different kinds of cancer. So out of those three to four, some people may survive if they went undetected. Some people may um, die either way, right? Correct. So there's this blurry kind of thing. So, I mean, this is the thing that fascinates me a lot about it is that the, the imprecision that we have in these tools, right? Correct. I'm, I'm, I think an oncologist may, you know, may may be able to to shed more light on right, the survival absolutely. rates sure. of, of, right, of right, the right. cancers. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever I think of cancer, I always think of a significant mortality to it. Although the survival rates, especially the five year survival rates in women that are di- diagnosed with breast cancer, are 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 improving. You know, I always think if I had cancer, you know what I mean? Right. I, I'd want to know yeah, right absolutely. away, and I'd want to catch it early. And, and I think just most studies out there show that early detection is, is a key yeah. in increasing the survival rates of, know, of, right, of anybody with cancer. Uh, you were saying that the, it's pretty much accepted fact that mammograms save lives. Yes. Right? Even for, for you know, using the, the studies that the U.S. Preventive Task Force, who came up with these new guidelines, they even acknowledged that... It, it cuts the risk of cancer by breast cancer, the fatalities, by 15%. percent. Fifteen percent. Correct. So, so this is the thing from my, um, you know, kind of information literacy library world kind of standpoint, right? Is that I mean, this is like a, I mean, it's a really interesting um, decision making. I mean, not just interesting. I mean, it's serious. It's a really serious decision making kind of process, right? Like your odds actually, if you're under. Um, 50, right, your odds of dying of breast cancer are actually really, really small. But if you're getting a mammogram, it's an imprecise tool that's not giving us a whole ton of information that it may predict something that may not. But, like, it's better to know than not to know, right? I mean, that's what I think that's where a lot of the, the there's this kind of backlash against these guidelines to say, hey, you know, this just seems so counterintuitive from where most of us are. Yeah, you know, just to give some statistics, the, the current statistics, I, I pulled up these statistics of, of, of risk factors for women getting breast cancer. If, if you are in, in your 30s, the risk of, of a woman in her 30s getting breast cancer over the next 10 years is, is about 0.44%. Um, at 40, women in their 40s, that, that jumps up from 0.44% to 1.44%. So that's a whole percent increase and then in the once a woman gets to 50 that jumps up to about 2.4 percent so i mean when you're talking relative yeah that that's uh, that may seem like a a low number um but (laughs) but absolutely breast cancer is is something that is any kind of cancer i should say early detection is is key Mm -hmm. so when you're looking at it from a a a policy a public health policy where they're looking at at the risks and benefits of Mm -hmm. of making guidelines like this Mm -hmm. i think that's very different than when you when you look at it from a from a perspective of it could be you we don't we don't have a way to predict which 1.5 percent i mean there's certain risk factors as you get older the risk factor increases if you have a family history risk factor increases there are studies that suggest that estrogen levels nicotine smoking the um how many if you uh if you've had a late onset of menarche you begin having menstruating at a later age or or you do not have children there's an increased risk of breast cancer right there's there are a lot of different risk factors that we can predict but we don't know who's going to get it who, right who doesn't so get even it. so we so use this as a screening tool to help us detect right the breast cancer at the earliest possible yeah moment 
But if the, so, the, the the task force says, you know, consult your physician, consult your physician. It's a, it's a choice between you and your physician. So I think Correct. we need to to emphasize that. But you know, it's it even then that I, I think it's a classic um, statistics problem in a way. You know, you give a statistician. You know, for ten thousand people, they can predict how many people are going to do this and do that, and and I, so I think not to just so. This is true with any. I mean, we were talking earlier about the number one um, cause of death nationwide isn't cancer actually, it's uh, cardiovascular disease, right? That's so you know, with any population, we can say this many people, this is going to happen. But when you have to actually predict what's going to happen to this individual, that's where it's tougher. So me as an individual, I'm making a different choice, right? Than in some ways, than this task group is making. Is that a, a fair statement? Well, that's why we do the screening, or that's why the screening is recommended, because we can't predict who, and, and because we can't predict exactly who's going to have cancer. Our way of detecting it is, is by screening or by clinical signs and symptoms. Right. So the way you'd be diagnosed with breast cancer um, usually is by mammogram or by clinical evidence of, of having breast cancer. If we didn't have mammograms, if we didn't have any like MRIs or any diagnostic tools, it would probably be by actually feeling a lump. It would be by, a, a, right. a palpate, uh, by palpating a lump in the breast region. By that time, you have a much, uh, a much higher chance of that cancer spreading uh-huh. by the time you actually can feel it. Right. Okay. So that's where the screening is very useful. You can detect the cancer at a much earlier stage right. and catch it before it spreads right. or before it grows. So what would the task group, if we had one of the task group members sitting here right now, mm-hmm. how would they argue against this uh, statement where I say, you know, I, I'm looking out for myself, so I'm going to get screened. What would they? What would they say? Well, they'd say that that's between you and your doctor. If you know <laughs> right. that they're they're not telling you what you can or can't do. What they're recommending right. is that it, that they're saying that their studies show that the benefits the the benefits of screening at the age of 50 are not because they still recommend getting screened at 50. I want to make sure Correct. we emphasize Correct. that. So we're just talking really. Under 50. Correct. So the okay. break point is 50. They're just saying that the benefits, their risk and benefit analysis does not show that much of a benefit of of screening Literally. before the age of 50. They right. say that you retain much of your um, screening benefit, they say, at the age of 50, about 81% of your, your, your screening benefit at the age of 50, and then getting screened every two years after that as opposed to the current guidelines. So okay. they say that that's not... Um, right, and and we're already making choices even under the old guidelines, right? Because we didn't screen people um, younger than thirty. Yeah, and the, and and breast cancer still occurs younger than thirty. I mean, it's still there, so we've already made that choice, and we've been living with that choice. And now they're saying let's bump it up from getting screened at forty to getting screened at fifty. Correct. So the um the guidelines, just to be clear too, the gli- the guidelines they're they're not saying that nobody should ever get a mammogram under the age of 50. Right. Uh, to be fair to them, they're not saying that under no circumstance, they're strictly talking about screening. So for healthy people that have no signs or symptoms, no clinical symptoms of, of, of breast cancer, the old guidelines were you're completely healthy, you don't have any signs of breast cancer, starting at the age of 40, you should start to get mammograms to try and detect if you have it and you just right. we, we don't know it yet. 
Now they're, so, they're bumping that up to, to 50 now because for right. healthy people. If somebody does have clinical signs and symptoms, if uh-huh. they do feel lump, if a doctor right. uh, on a doctor's That's visit, a they story. feel like, right, right, if they feel, you know what, you may be at a higher risk, if you have a family history, those are not including these guidelines. Right. So, so this is just for screening. If you were yeah. a 25-year-old woman, you went to your doctor's office, and your doctor felt you should get a mammogram, you can get a mammogram. Right. These right. are just recommendations on screening tools. Right. The fear is, the fear amongst some people is that this particular group, the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, can be influential in setting policies. Mm. So what they are worried about is if if a, a group comes out and says, well, hey, we shouldn't we'll, instead of screening at 40, let's screen at 50. There's a worry about funding then for that. Would the funding dry up? Would, would that become policy? Right. Would insurance companies well, then insurance say, well, you know what? Show. Then yeah. we're not going to pay for screening yep. lower than the age of 50. Yeah. Those, and those are important very important, yeah. and, and there's and, and the opinions are divided on whether that would happen or not. And I'm not a, a, an expert in the insurance industry, sure. but that's certainly the fear, especially with all the healthcare reform that we're going through. Is this group going to? They can't directly set policy, but are, are government guidelines and, and insurance, private insurance guidelines, going to follow these recommendations? Which means then, if you're 40 years old and you did want to get screened, insurance may not cover that. So that that's where the fear. That's that's what a lot of people I think are, yeah. are fearful of. Huh. Certainly, these new guidelines don't preclude you to do what you want to do. If if your doctor decides you need a mammogram at the age of of 40, then you get a mammogram. Right. This again right. is only for screening. But if this were to become if this were to become policy, or if if insurance companies were to decide that they want to follow these guidelines, people are worried that that could potentially cause insurances to to drop right. screening mam covering yeah, so screening it's a, it's mammograms. It's pretty complex. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that hasn't happened, but no. there is that concern. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess just to to kind of kind of maybe bring this around to a close. I mean, the I think the one of the important things, one of the benefits maybe, and maybe people would disagree with this, is that this has sparked. Uh, considerable debate in our society. I mean, even just the fact that we're we've scheduled this podcast, even though we couldn't get everybody to be here mm-hmm. uh, for all kinds of reasons. Um, uh, I mean, that's a benefit, and we're talking about this. We're we're getting the more information out there, and hopefully, I mean, more information is better than than less information. So that, that's at least one side of this argument. Now, people. Not everyone's going to agree with that, but uh, I mean, I think there's still a lot to be learned, and, and there's still um, tons of research to be done. Ten years, this may look really different. Yeah, there's there's a ton of research out there on on both sides. Um, there's there's a ton of studies that would support the U.S. Task Force, um, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force argument. There's there's studies that that would support the. Um, Continuing to have the old guidelines of 40, I just as a as a you know healthcare practitioner, um, most of the doctor groups, the American Cancer Society, um, as well as Mayo Clinic, which I, I tend to follow, Mayo Clinic's guidelines um, are still recommending the screening at the age of, of 40 for women, and then yearly after that. So I think that definitely anybody that has concerns with this should discuss them with their doctor. Right. You know that's. That's where they should start with, and and there's a ton of research, and we can put up on if you have mm-hmm. links, we can put up some of the links that for some of the studies that we found, 
you can put them online, but it, it definitely kind of muddies the waters because it, it, it seemed kind of like a cut and dry. At the age of 40, you start right. going through right. screening, and now a, a, a government group comes out, and, uh, which is a panel of physicians, I should say. It's not government right. people. They're, they're it, not, it's actually a group of physicians, right. but come out and... and Pretty highly guarded yeah. physicians in a lot of... Yeah, I mean, absolutely. not to take away from the task group. Absolutely. They are considered a pretty conservative group as far as their recommendations, but the... Um, and it, it's quite a difference in guidelines. So yeah. this is definitely something that I think people should go and talk to their right. doctors so. about and, and um, discuss their concerns there. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, thanks for uh, coming in and talking about this. I hope that for our listeners that this uh, at least opens up this uh, maybe um, some information that you hadn't been aware of and you go out and take a look. We'll put this uh, some links on our website. So thanks for listening. We hope that you come and check out our resources in the library and all of our public events. Uh, I'm Troy, um, minus Joe, but until next time, this has been Check It Out. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this Moraine Valley Library podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu library.